1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard On the day the Premiership is brought to a close Celtic are champions for the ninth season in a row Hearts look set to be relegated from the top flight But could seek legal action if reconstruction doesn't save them I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio It's Alex Ray and from the Man Cave it's Hugh Keevans Before we get to the shouting and bawling And we will I think Celtic's nine in a row is a personal triumph for Neil Lennon He began it, now he's finished it he now stands one league campaign away from immortality. There were fans who didn't want him back as manager, but he's won every domestic trophy since replacing Brendan Rodgers, and Rodgers was some act to follow. The manager should take a bow. When there were problems, he came up with solutions. This is his title. Alex Ray, 68 days since the ball was kicked in domestic competition in Scotland The announcement was finally made around quarter past 12 this lunchtime The email dropped with the bold heading Ladbroke's Premiership and SPFL season 1920 curtailed As Premiership clubs reach unanimous agreement The top flight cannot be finished Yeah, that's absolutely right And congratulations to Neil uh, and everyone at Celtic on the title, Gordon uh, It's been going on, as you say, for several uh, months now And uh, it's been decided today After the meeting at lunchtime So well done then Yeah Hugh Evans. It's the official line from the SPFL Was congratulations to Celtic Commiserations to Hearts We don't quite know If we've seen the end of that particular chapter yet Whether Hearts can try and rustle together A reconstruction proposal Whether that looks like reconstruction um, or, or legal action Sorry down the line It's been a bumpy road Hugh I think everyone acknowledges That where we are is Far less than, than ideal um, But the decision has been taken today To curtail the season And allow clubs to try and move forward And plan for what could be An even bumpier road ahead Yeah, I mean clearly Gordon The Rangers fans will be incensed at Celtic Being declared champions However, I think Celtic have deserved the title I think, as I said, Neil Lennon has come up with solutions Every time he was confronted by a problem And the main problem came last December When Rangers beat Celtic at Celtic Park He then came back after the winter break With a better style of football A more dynamic goal-scoring style of football Celtic scored more goals in 30 league games this season than they scored in 38 league games last season. So I think, as Peter Lawwell said, they're champions for a reason. If Anne Budge feels a sense of grievance, and clearly she does, then she has to contemplate if Hearts can meet the cost of uh, an interim interdict, which, again, as I understand it, would freeze the payments that were being made to the clubs. Does she want to go down that road? Justice, if she wishes to pursue it, is entirely her prerogative. Okay, the number you need tonight to get involved in the discussion 0141-951-1025 Fans of all clubs Celtic at the top, Hearts at the bottom Rangers and everyone else in between How are you feeling after hearing that news today? 0141-951-1025 I'm pleased to say though to kick things off We are joined live on the show by Celtic manager Neil Lennon Neil, firstly, congratulations How would you sum up how you're feeling today? Oh, thank you Gordon I'm feeling brilliant You know, it's uh, momentous day You know to do nine in a row was something comes once in a lifetime, and I know there's certain fans of a vintage Celtic fans have seen it before. But you know, from my own personal point of view, it's a very proud day for myself and my family. And 
you know, for the likes of Scott Brown and James Forrest, they've won nine league titles in a row. It's just a absolutely magnificent achievement from their playing part and for the supporters as well. It's a, it's a great day for the club. How does this compare to the rest of them, Neil? Because obviously we live in, in very strange times and the season's been curtailed. I don't think anyone wanted that, that to happen clearly. How does this one feel compared to the rest? Well, when I look back on the season, I look back on it with a huge amount of pride and, and, and joy in, in the way we played. Uh, Hugh touched on, you know, the goals scored. You know, that was a very, very pleasing aspect. And I think what got overlooked along the way was that, you know, while other teams, you know, were improving, we were improving as well. Um, you know, when I took over in in February 2019, you know, we weren't scoring as many goals as we would have liked and we weren't racking up the wins as we would have liked. And, you know, the, the players, we tweaked things a little bit and then we tweaked it again in January. But there was a relentlessness about them throughout the whole season, you know, whether you look at the first half of the season or the, the second half of the season. And to the point where, you know, in about October, November time, a lot of journalists were asking me, do you think, you know, the... League Championship would go to the wire and, you know, or it could be settled by goal difference. But such was our form, you know, over the course of the season that we had opened up a, a huge lead and a huge goal difference as well. So, you know, I've got to pay a tribute to the relentlessness of the players and their mentality on that. Of course, you were robbed of the chance of that, you know, that, that full-time whistle going, Neil, that outpouring of emotion. It was done in a very different manner, but it does carry that historical significance. So d- does it feel... As special as the rest, more special. How would you sum it up? It's really special, you know. I know, like you make valid points. You can't celebrate in front of your supporters, and that's one thing that you know has been taken away from the players. You know, with all the the effort that they put in, they're not going to get the chance to to celebrate, and that's you know something that you look forward to, whether you're a player or a manager. But in terms of historical significance, it's probably the best, you know. Not only is it the, the the latest one, but you know certainly the significance of it isn't lost on me in terms of you know nine in a row, and um, it was a huge amount of pressure on the players this season and myself, and huge amount of scrutiny. And that's our eleventh domestic trophy in a row. That is you know quite incredible consistency, you know at whatever level that you're playing at. Hugh Evans, I'll bring you in from the man cave. I know you'll be keen to put your thoughts and questions to Neil. Uh, well, first of all, Neil, congratulations. Um, I did not know that you were coming on the programme that's not why I started in the introduction by saying this is his title but when there were problems you did come up with solutions and for me the the biggest problem you faced that when you took over from Brendan Rodgers and went to Tyne Castle that night to play Hearts you were being invited to put your entire reputation on the line here because the devastation that the supporters felt over the loss of Brendan Rodgers and you had to pick up all of the pieces. Was that the biggest challenge of your life? No question. You know, in terms of my professional life, yeah, I mean, it's the biggest undertaking I could have had. You know, Brendan's record was was faultless. You know, if you look at his first season where the Invincibles and then he won every domestic trophy after that. So, the only thing you could could have done after Brendan was was fail really because he had you know been pitch perfect in, in trophy wins but you know going to Tynecastle um, you know we won the game and then you didn't have much time to think about things or analyse things and I didn't want to come in and and change anything about what the players are or how the structure was because it, it was it was working so there were you know styles of play you know that that was all for the summer if I was going to get the job in the summer. So the most important thing to do was just to, to focus on it a game at a time. And 
every game whether it be you know the, the cup games against Hibs or Aberdeen or games against Rangers you know the, the scrutiny and the the spotlight was totally on me and thankfully you know we prevailed and we got the treble treble and that was a great moment and then obviously getting the job after that so then you're time to sort of put your your own stamp on things and get them playing the way you wanted them to play which wasn't significantly different from the style of Brendan's it was just you know a little bit more being a bit more penetrative in the final third and getting the ball forward a little bit quicker and then we looked at things in January you know, in terms of getting two strikers on the pitch we had to wait a long time on Griff you know getting up to full fitness and you know thankfully that formation worked for us in the in the second half of the season as much as the 4-3-3 had worked for us in the first half of the season People talk about legacy, Neil. I mean, to what extent are you preoccupied by history? Because you are one more league campaign away from immortality. The man who wins 10 titles in a row for Celtic gets immortality. I am huge on on the history. And again, I can't safely say now that we are going for 10. You know, when we won the the eighth one last year at Aberdeen, our fans were just talking about 10. But obviously, my whole focus was on getting to nine. We've equaled that record now. And I think uh, you know a lot of pressure's off, and um, if and when football resumes, then we can start, you know, directing our attention on on ten league being the priority. We also did a very good, excellent Europa League campaign, and that's something that we can build on as well for the Champions League or the Champions League qualifiers if and when, you know, they're announced. So we know the mandate is the tenth of June to come back into group training, and hopefully we can build on from there. But it's. It's as you go, it's week by week, it's day by day. You, we just don't know how the landscape's going to look going forward. But we're preparing for any eventuality. And in terms of the history of it, it's a, a great motivation for myself. It's great motivation for, for the players and um, they deserve it. You know, and I go to Scott Brown, I go to James Forrest. Those guys have been here from the start of this run. And, you know, that's exceptional in modern day football. Yeah, Neil, you know more than most what the rivalry can be like in this part of the world. Uh, the show's been inundated with, with tweets and calls. Um, and obviously, passions run high. You hear talk of tainted titles, asterisks next to the titles, and all the rest of it. What would your sort of response be to those types of, of comments? Well, tainted titles sort of suggest some sort of illegality or, you know, some kind of cheating going on. Or, you know, we've done nothing wrong. You know, we've played the game, we've played with, you know, great. Um, Discipline, play with great skill. You know this, this, this league. You know this season was curtailed through no fault of our own. Um, the powers that be, the member clubs, decided that this was the best way to resolve things. You know, if no football was going to be played, and there was, you know, it, it's looking increasingly like it was never going to get played this season. So, you know, the, the member clubs voted on this this resolution eventually. Um, I am like a football competitor. You know, I want to do it in front of the fans I want to do it with the players that was taken away from us and like I said that opportunity you know for the first time guys like Julianne and Bolongoli and you know those you know Fringpong you know they didn't get the chance to you know win the first medal in front of the home support which is what we all work for what we all strive for at the end of the season a long hard season but there was no way we were going to relinquish anything on the football field we were very very strong and coming on stronger, and we were looking for 100 goals and 100 points. That was our targets that we had in mind as we approached March. Neil, it's Alex Ray. Congratulations on uh, winning the title, mate. Uh, I've just wanted to ask you about preparation going forward. You know, obviously it's difficult times, you know, being locked down and so forth. How do you prepare 
uh, to try and get recruitments that over the line uh, this time. Well, we don't know how the landscape again. Alex going to look in terms of budgets. You know what the transfer market's going to look like and how how long the transfer window is going to be. So currently, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at you know players on on computer. You know, players who you know maybe come to the end of the contracts or who we think may may fit in and, and may make us make us stronger. In terms of you know, I don't think any of do a lot of buying and selling really. You know, we've got most of our big assets on on long term contracts, which is you know good business from our point of view. And you know, if anything, we'll just look to add maybe in in one or two positions. But again, we don't know how that's going to look. Um, you know. At the minute, you know, the Bundesliga are playing um, they're the only league, major league that's going. You know, England are talking about starting back tuning in groups tomorrow. We don't start back to the 10th of June and with the players, by that time they haven't played any football or trained, you know, for three months and, you know, it's going to take them a good five, six weeks to get up the competitive level again. So, again, at least, you know, we've got some sort of target date in mind to, to begin with. Um, and all the foreign players are back in this week. They'll have to quarantine for two weeks, and then hopefully we can resume training as a unit on the 10th of June, providing all the protocols and and safety protocols are in 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 play. Neil, if this season had finished in conven- conventional fashion, you would have been bombarded with questions over the likes of of Odson Edward because of his form. Fans and, and media and everyone else would have been saying. Can you keep him? Is he going to be here next season? What would your message be to any Celtic fans who are worried that that talents like that may be prized away? Well, we're not. We don't have to sell, you know. When we're not in a, you know, struggling or being in a position to sell, um, I think in terms of, you know, Odson, you know, he's going to be sought after. But that, for me, that's a backhanded compliment. The, you know, the the work that the club have done with him over the last couple of years. He's, he's had an outstanding season, um, but again, Gordon, we don't know what yeah. the, the, the landscape is going to look like. We don't know if the, the Premier League in England is going to finish, or if Serie A is going to finish, or if, even if the Bundesliga is eventually going to finish. And if clubs have got the type of money, it certainly won't be the same as it was before. That's for sure. You know, a lot of clubs are are going to lose money, and you know, wages may change, and transfer fees may change. So. If we do get bids in, you know, I think we're in a good position to rebuff them and obviously we'll have a sit down with Hudson when we're all back in and, you know, see where he is with it. But, you know, he seemed pretty happy. He didn't go back to France during this break. He stayed in Scotland, which is always a good sign. And, um, you know, the likes of Ayer, McGregor, you know, again, they're all on long-term contracts. So, you know, we're in a strong position to rebuff any offers that do come in. Uh, Hugh, I'll bring you back in before we let Neil go on his way. I'm sure you'll have a, another question or two for him. Yeah, uh, I mean, Neil, these are unprecedented times, as everyone says, but are you getting your head around the idea of how football might be for you when the the league resumes, a, the possibility, the very distinct possibility of playing behind closed doors for a start? Yeah, I mean, I watched the, a lot of the football over the weekend, Hugh. And while it was great to see football back, you know, that ingredient of the fans not being there, you know, it, it it really was apparent. But we, if we were to get football going, that may have to be the, the necessary case in the short term and something that we'll all have to adapt to. And we're all starting on the same page, really. So it's new for us all, you know, anyone in, in any walk of football. Um, and safety, of course, and, and health are, 
the priority, whether it be for the public or for you know the players and the competitors that are involved in the sport. I do think eventually, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, some sort of medicinal uh, answer will be found. You know, people are working. There's brilliant minds all over the world working on this, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll get people in through the gates. You know, the back end of this year or early next year. But it's so important, vitally important for the Scottish game that we get people in through the doors again. You know, not not only for the the income, but what these clubs do for the local communities and the local towns. And that's that's the biggest concern for me through all of this with, with regards to football. Yes, it, we, we do think it'll come back, but in what form it comes back, we just don't really know on how that'll impact on the game here. Since you were declared champions this morning, you've touched upon the Celtic support on more than one occasion. Will the biggest factor here when football resumes and we are forced to play behind closed doors, will the biggest factor be having to get by without that Celtic support that has made such a contribution to this title win? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just won't, won't feel the same, and um, that's something that we'll have to work with on the players on the on the mindset if and when we do go into competitive games again. And um, you know, we have to you know realize that that's going to be the norm for you know hopefully just the short term, and we have to deal with that as best we can. Um, how you practice that? I mean, you can have training games, and on some of the games, even at the weekend, you know, had the feel of a training game, even though they were competitive games. But um, it will be a bit strange for the players. It'll be a bit strange for us all. But it's something that we have to, you know, come to terms with as quickly as possible if we are going to play competitively again. Neil, we know you're a busy man. We appreciate you joining us. Congratulations again, and hopefully, we'll speak to you under more normal circumstances soon. Thanks guys, cheers Good man, that was Celtic manager Neil Lennon On the day that they clinched a ninth title in a row But that's just part of the picture Lots going on up and down that table Hearts, it looks like they would be relegated So Hearts fans, Celtic fans, Rangers fans Anyone else out there This is the perfect time to let us know what you think You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray is in the studio Hugh Keevans is in the man cave It's a big old day this for Scottish football Not a ball being kicked in 68 days But this is what we've been working up to This has become the strange replacement for cup final day The day when it all comes to an end And we finally get some sort of Closure if you like I don't think that maybe applies That word to some people In Scottish football But you get where we're going 0141 951 On the phones And at Clyde SSB On Twitter Let's speak to Mike in Bishopton Who's first up on the phones tonight Hi Mike Hi there How you doing Gordon? Not too bad How would you sum up How you're feeling After what's been a busy well, day Mike? Uh, yeah it's been a very busy day In between homeschooling etc But nonetheless I've had a chance to catch my breath And I would there's two main points I would like to make this evening. One would be when when Celtic went out of the qualifiers to Cluj, I must admit, walking back to the the bus, I was uh, a bit disillusioned, thinking, what is this season going to hold? So I will be one to hold my hands up to uh, Mr Neil Francis Lennon and say, you proved us all wrong. And the second point would be, after uh, Brendan Rodgers, or even go back further, when uh, Tony Mowbray uh, departed the first time against St Mirren, um, who stepped in? Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon delivered. Um, he, he then left, um, and then uh, we get in uh, Brendan Rodgers, different calibre of manager, fantastic success, uh, treble, trebles, etc. Then 
um, he decides to leave. Who's called upon because he's, he's tried and tested? Neil Francis Lennon. Um, so I would like to just congratulate Neil um, because he's not had it easy, uh, certainly from people like myself, um, where we're going to European nights, um, but he's, uh, he's, he's stuck in there. That's the character he is. Um, and I would just like to uh, throw it out there to all the uh, to all the listeners, uh, all the Celtic fans, um, get behind Lenny. I think he's going to go down as an absolute legend. What's the panel's thoughts? Hugh Evans. Uh, I go back to December when uh, Rangers won at Celtic Park and uh, Stephen Gerrard had lavish celebrations. I don't take away one bit from Stephen Gerrard because of the way he celebrated uh, at time up. I think he was perfectly entitled to celebrate in the way he did. Neil Lennon went away and had to think about it over the, the midwinter break and he came back with a better Celtic. And uh, it was uh, also the case that Rangers chose at that particular time to implode. So Celtic exploded, Rangers imploded, and therefore a 13-point gap was created. And I repeat that the, the phrase, when there were problems, Neil Lennon came up with solutions. And uh, those solutions were sufficient to take Celtic to where they are today. And, you know, in our world-changing, life-altering times, no other decision was possible for the SPFL and Celtic were declared champions for a reason, as Peter Lawwell said. But I, I go back to the basic fundamental point. I think Neil Lennon and Mike has underlined the point. When Celtic needed him most, in the immediate aftermath of the Brendan Rodgers departure, he was there and he's won trophy after trophy since then. And I think it is to his immense credit. Yeah, Alex, that's the thing. No one is pretending that this is a normal end to the season I think we all accept that But if if you take it back a few months And you remember the types of discussions we had in January I mean, yeah. it, it was on We had a proper title race in our hands And that evaporated very quickly yeah. A combination of, of Rangers' poor form and Celtic's excellent form Saw them accelerate into a position Which in many ways made this decision today easy. possible Or easy Because it, like... <laughs> Not for me to, to say But it certainly wouldn't have been as easy If they'd been levelling points yeah, at the moment um, So people will, will argue about this and for, for months and, and years to come um, but, but Celtic showed that sort of winning mentality Before things closed down, didn't they? Going back to Mike's earlier point In terms of a legend I think when you win I think it's five titles as a player And five as, as manager You come under legend bracket So I don't think that's up for dispute In terms of the Celtic following in terms of coming back afterwards, I think Neil spoke about it in terms of um, their application, their desire to win. He mentioned guys like James Forrest, Scott Brown, uh, and I think everyone else chasing Celtic have to get to that level of kind of competitiveness to compete, to try and stay in the, the title. And I think it was partly due to Celtic putting their foot to the floor after uh, the winter break, Gordon, that actually compounded Rangers because they just couldn't cope with the, the, the kind of pressure that was being applied and if they are going to go again next year depending on what form we get or what closed doors or whatever they have to find some sort of mentality to try and compete against Celtic because the, the mentality that he's talking about Neil is not going to go away if anything it's going to be compounded even more because the hunger of that Celtic squad OK thank you very much Mike in Bishopton Charlie is a Rangers fan from Airdrie Charlie how are you feeling tonight as a Rangers fan hearing that, that Celtic have been 
um, awarded the title a ninth one in a row. Uh, well, I've not got any blowing up any balloons or anything like that, you know what I mean? Uh, end of the day, I'm not too happy. Uh, the thing is, <clears throat> fair enough, uh, the horse that's always is in the lead didn't always win. The thing is, um, if it was impossible to catch Celtic, fair enough, but uh, it was impossible to catch Celtic, and uh, I don't believe uh, they should have got the title. And as far as Alex Ray turning and correct, congratulating you know, Lennon, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> I think it's just the, 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 the polite thing to do. I don't think he's celebrating, uh, believe me. <laughs> Charlie, if you can see my face at the moment, believe me, I'm not celebrating. But the thing is, you know, you, you've got to be magnanimous in defeat as well, Charlie. I remember Alec McLeish saying, you win and lose with dignity. So for me, it's only the right thing to do with Neil uh, coming on the show tonight. Uh, Hugh Charlie says that, you know, they're not, not champions as far as he's concerned. Charlie won't be alone in that. What would your response be? Uh, that's fine. It's what goes on in this part of the world, uh, you know, to pull up Alec Ray for being civilised in his conduct towards the Celtic manager uh, sums it up for me. Uh, there'll be plenty of Celtic supporters who will say, ah, Rangers won titles they shouldn't have got for a variety of reasons, and now Rangers fans are saying Celtic shouldn't have got this title. Uh, they can argue amongst themselves from now until the end of time, and they will. But, but in all of this, Gordon, we knew that football was impossible. We knew that because of COVID-19, football in this country was impossible for the foreseeable future and this season could not be completed. Now, what would Charlie have come up with as a proposal? I don't, he, he no one came up with an idea that was suitable to the clubs. The clubs met and decided this was the right course of action. Charlie, what do you think? What should we have done then? If this is wrong, if, if they're not champions in your eyes, what should we have done? Should have just awaited until hopefully this, hey, I caught the thing, this thing went away, and then they played the games, and then I would have took it fair and square then, if Celtic they won the title, that would have been it. But hey, they won it that way. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't like Rangers, they won the title that way, put it that way. Yeah, but I think you're not asking for something that's that's pretty much impossible. You say wait till this goes away, when? You know, we've got next season to start. As well, we completely obviously it's going. To, I think it's going to be weird for the rest of our days to tell you the truth. But the thing is, um, he could have waited longer. I think he's been too uh, quick in deciding that um, things are gradually, hopefully, according to the news, getting better. Um, maybe a couple of months time, um, and then he played the games. Then, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I completely understand that, Alex. We are not going to have kicked a ball domestically in Scotland On Wednesday it'll be 10 weeks That's right, yeah You can always say, oh we should have gone longer But I'm not sure you can apply the word rush to 10 weeks And bearing in mind Belgium have already declared France have already declared The Netherlands have already declared I think some lower leagues in other European countries Um, That's not the response I was expecting if you like I feel like a lot of people have a gripe with uh, maybe the, the process And a lot of Rangers fans were very on board With what the Netherlands did In, in not awarding sure. a title But to say that we could still finish this season No one seems to agree In fact the clubs unanimously agreed today That it should be curtailed Yeah as far as I'm led to believe It was 12 clubs today Decided it wouldn't be feasible Gordon Hence the reason why they've came to the conclusion That they've called the league And given Celtic the, the, the title today this afternoon and when you take that into consideration, and when you were listening to Neil Lennon there, you listen to other coaches speaking, 
the likelihood is if, so if you take it from the 10th of June when you can start getting back in effectively you've not trained to any capacity you, the time you get them back up to speed then you're l- looking to impinge in next season with this uh, new deal for Sky going so you factor all that in that it was extremely unlikely you'd be able to play this season out to its uh, end I mean Charlie like you I don't expect those within Ibrox to be blowing up balloons as you put it but as part of those 12 clubs Rangers agreed today that the season couldn't be finished well as far as I'm concerned it could have been if they say I've just done it too quick um, it made it made a bit longer um, as I say and I wouldn't be having this conversation the thing is I would have I would have congratulated the Celtic in winning the league no you wouldn't because you were just angry at Alex Ray for using that word aye but I've been after the one way the game's getting oh, played right, okay you know what I'm saying no no other way it's been given to them in a plate well Rangers gave it to my plate to tell you the truth after the, the break so they handed it to me their plate then but at the same time if the games have been played even one game they could have maybe have played one game then at the Celtic when they went well, 13, 14, 15, 16 points clear uh, then you could have said aye right fair enough but when it's impossible to catch them I would have said aye but uh, to, to just give them it um, and I think if the ball would have been in the other if the ball was in the other fit and they'd been sell supporters and we would have been ahead and we would have got the title you'd be having this conversation with this LT supporter possibly but we wouldn't be having this conversation with you you wouldn't be phoning tonight to tell us that it was the wrong decision if Rangers had been 13 points clear would you? no that's what I'm saying but as I say if, if it had been the ball had been in another fit and had been Celtic and had been in their position yeah, we'd been uh, we'd been positioned Celtics and um, and we were handled the title we would have been saying the same Okay, that was Charlie and Airdrie 01419511025 Chris Smith tweeted He says Pretty much every country Is waiting to finish the season How many weeks training Did the Germans have? An awful lot of pushing To give Celtic a title uh, They hadn't won I mean Hugh The answer to that Quite simply Is that the leagues That are trying to finish Are the leagues That have got the money And the infrastructure To do so France haven't Netherlands haven't Belgium haven't And we would In fact we're probably Below them In, in terms of finance And infrastructure But we're certainly closer to them than we are to the Bundesliga or the English Premier League. The arguments are utterly inevitable in the west of Scotland where the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers is at an all-time high level of detestation for each other. So it'll go on year upon year upon year, but it is of no significance. The title has been decided, Celtic have been declared champions, the season could not finish that was the unanimous verdict of all of the clubs in the Premiership. So, congratulations to Celtic, and I expect to be arguing the toss over this particular matter on my 80th birthday. Yeah, well, it's only just gone half six, so I've certainly got a bit of mileage left. Bernie is a Rangers fan from Port Glasgow. How are you feeling about it all, Bernie? I'm not used to it, to be honest. Why should, Celtic... I'm not... I'm used to it. Why should Celtic actually want to leave your off for the coronavirus or you need to leave for nothing? I don't think they've won it for nothing, Bernie. Is it not just a case of an agreement that, that we can't finish it and whilst it's less than ideal, you know, it's something that, that the club's voted for as the the least terrible solution, no? No, I just think that Celtic's then it should have been held back. To when? So when that coronavirus was over And why should Hearts go down or not? Just because the way well, I, th- I think everyone is is very sympathetic with Hearts, Hugh. I don't think there's any doubt about that in any team that, that's relegated. And in fact, we'll get to that later. But again, Bernie, following on from Charlie, 
Talking about how we, sh- we should have just waited Until the coronavirus was over By the looks of this announcement today And by the way Rangers can correct me if I'm wrong on this The SPFL say it was unanimous today So Rangers don't even think this could be played out at a later date Yeah, I mean Bernie and Charlie before her They haven't made a cogent argument at all they, They're just upset that Celtic are the champions You need to come up with something better than Oh we can just wait until this is over we don't know when this will be over. We might be without football until the end of the year, for all we know. Neil Lennon spoke about going back on June 10. Those are government estimates as of now. But we don't know if June 10 is set in stone. It might be even later than that. So you cannot wait indefinitely. Uh, where is the is most of the frustration, Bernie, coming from a belief that, that you were going to catch Celtic? Is that is that what you mean? Do you think you were going to catch them? No, just that you're not. We just, just sweaty hoarded it and then let us see what happens. Nothing else. So again, name it on the plate for nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I'm, you keep hearing this sort of loaded language, Alex, you know, on a plate for nothing. Everybody, every single person involved with football gets that this is this is not it's not normal. Of course it's not, but but life isn't normal. So at a time when the world is unfair and when life is unfair, how can we expect Scottish football to come up with a universally fair solution? Well, we, we can't, Gordon. And I think the fact that the 12 clubs have unanimously decided that today tells you that they can't do that. I just had a text for a friend of mine saying about, you know, the club, the, the countries that are actually back in training. England are about to try and resume. Yeah, tomorrow, Germany. I think, yeah. Yeah, so you look at all them. And, and, and the key thing for all that for me is... That they can afford to test at will You know they've got millions to do that testing We couldn't actually do that So I don't know how you would actually get to a place Where the players and the officials and so forth would be safe So that wasn't an avenue that we could actually pursue So they've had to make a call And they've all made it unanimously today Bernie thanks a lot for getting in touch That was Bernie in Port Glasgow 0141 951 1025 We could be speaking to you next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish Football's League Leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans here to take your calls on the usual number 0141-951-1025 Kenny is a Celtic fan from Cumbernauld How do you feel after today's announcement, Kenny? I feel absolutely amazing today I'm really, really proud of my team um, Obviously it's not how we'd have wanted to have won it um, we would have all liked to have been there and seen the team winning it and take part in the celebrations. But at the end of the day, like your manager says, we were on course for 100 points, 100 goals. I think it's well deserved. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 years of age, so I grew up um, with my dad and my granddad's Celtic team, them being legends and icons to me, and always looking up to them. And they were always a wee bit out of reach because I never seen the nine in a row team. That finished in '74, and I was born in '75, so they're, they're, they're quite rightly legends to me. But um, to, to then, then the other, on the other hand, I, I suffered through Rangers nine in a row. I did, um, and now for it to go full circle and for us to do it a second time, it's absolutely incredible, and I'm so proud of my team. That's that's just my first point, Gordon. My second point is um, a few weeks ago um, we had the vote to end the leagues in the uh, end of season in the lower leagues, and Rangers voted against ending the season and then they had the dossier and everything that went along with it so why did they do that only to vote to end the season early today I find it strange well I, I, today wasn't a a vote to end the season maybe I've 
Maybe slightly misrepresented that They, they did agree So you, you could argue You know Splitting hairs Is that the same thing A unanimous agreement Hugh I would imagine Rangers Position now though Is that, that You know A resolution was Was set to be passed The SPFL board Had the power to do it They said they would consult The, the top flight clubs And Maybe even in that period Rangers have also now Accepted that Whilst they won't agree with the process Or the way that the SPFL have gone about certain things It's not possible to finish the season That's all today was was really about Yeah, I think the dossier was all about the conduct of the SPFL uh, The hierarchy, the Neil Doncasters and the Rod McKenzie's and the Murdoch McLennan's uh, But Rangers, unlike the two Rangers supporters who have been on tonight Rangers accepted that it simply was not feasible to play football uh, and end this season on the park. For medical reasons, it simply was not possible. And this uh, Sky contract due to kick in uh, on the 1st of August is an important consideration for Rangers, Celtic and everyone else. Uh, So we have to now get our heads around the idea of how we restart Scottish football. Will it be possible on the 1st of August? When can we get players back into training? How will we conduct the matches? It obviously will be behind closed doors to begin with. For how long? All of these questions have to be answered and today drew a line under the old season. Money can now be given out to all of the clubs on a performance related basis and then we had better get our heads around the word survival. Kenny, how do you look back in this season? Uh, we tried that Celtic won it But with big disappointment um, Obviously there's bigger things going on in the world Do you know what I mean Than, than, than football um, And it would have been nice to have been there um, To have seen my team win the league That's another thing I mean we, As much as it's, it's no important I'm not I'm no saying it's important in the grand scale of things But it would have been fantastic To have been at a full Celtic part the day To see us clinching nine in a row Because like I say um, earlier on, I said that I've I never seen Celtic doing it. Technically, why Black Hills have not seen us doing it again because I'm not there, although we've <laughs> achieved it. So, I would have liked to have been there for that reason. It's history. Yeah, Alex, I think, I mean, we set out, are still pretty early on the show, however many weeks ago it was. It says it's 68 days since we, we kicked a ball. We're always in the background. Know that, that we need to have some sort of perspective. We know that the situation is more important than football, but we always sort of saw this as. Being a football show A bit of an escape for people For a couple of hours every night And I feel like in the last few weeks People have been drawn up a, a league table Of who they're most sympathetic towards And you've got to look first at, at the relegated teams Obviously Because you could be looking at Job losses Budget cuts Never bouncing back essentially But we said it when Dundee United won the title There is an element there of Celtic as well This isn't this isn't success as we remember it either in terms of that final whistle going, the elation, the you know the, the post-match reaction, that, that outpouring of emotion. So yes, maintain perspective, give sympathy to the relegated clubs, but the clubs who were on the brink of winning things as well have obviously had that, that taken away from. Yeah, you have to have sympathy across the board, Gordon. I was talking to a journalist today about Helicopter Sunday, 15 years and a couple of weeks. So it lives very long in the memory for myself. So... To take that away from players, you have to recognise that, Gordon. Uh, likewise, with people's livelihoods, uh, again, some of the things that we touched upon with uh, the journalists was players' well-being, you know, because a lot of players are going to be out of contract in the next couple of weeks. So you have to have sympathy with the guys as well. So it is trying times across the board. 
And you have sympathy for the, the guys that have not been able to celebrate But also with the, the guys that have been uh, relegated yeah, Thank you very much to Kenny in Cumbernauld Let's bring in Tom who's just a bit outside Cumbernauld He's in Washington DC Hi Tom <laughs> Hi Gordon How's Thanks it going? You well? Uh, I'm doing fine, doing fine Good. Yeah, doing fine On you go uh, Just a couple of points to make here uh, One I think is really important That's uh, how can we uh, start Scottish football uh, You told me the last time I was on That my idea was a nonsensical non-starter And over the weekend I was watching A nonsensical non-starter start in Germany And I thought to myself Well if we can't do it now in Scotland When can we do it? And if it's all about money Then we should come up with some ideas for for addressing that one, you know. But on the nine in a row thing that uh, Celtic have just won, you know, congratulations to them. It's hard to do that. But uh, uh, having lived through the Jock Steen nine in a row, remember it very, very well. Uh, the Walter Smith Graham Sooners nine in a row, remember that very, very well. I don't think you can compare this one to either of these two. Uh, put it this way. After Rangers won eight in a row against uh, an outstanding Tommy Burns team, I think the, the best footballing team Celtic had since the days of Jock Steen. If Celtic had been bumped out of the league and we won nine in a row without them being there, I would have felt robbed. You know, I would have felt that, you know, this is just not the same. So for, you know, a, a nine in a row with Rangers not involved uh, for four of these years, and uh, now obviously the season's been cut off, and so you can argue the pros and cons of that. Uh, I don't think it's the same. So, Hugh says it may, it's going to be momentous to make it 10 in a row next year. I say, no, come on, be reasonable about this. The Jockstein one was, was outstanding. The Walter Smith one was outstanding. This one is very good, but it's not in the same, not in the same league. Hugh? I have, to say, I have to say, Tom, that, that you're revising history as you go along here. Uh, you know, you're saying that Celtic didn't uh, fully win the titles because Rangers were in the lower leagues. Rangers were in the lower leagues because the people who ran the club ran it all the way into administration and then liquidation. That's nothing to do with Celtic. If you mismanage your affairs, that's your problem. And if Rangers go into the lower leagues, the top league does not go into a state of suspended animation and say, well, look, actually, we're only playing uh, artificial football until Rangers get back. Rangers were out of the top league because of their own maladministration. That's not Celtic's fault. Why do we have to compare them, Tom? You and, and Hugh Keevens are in a very fortunate position. You can compare it to the one in the 60s and 70s, but you've now got generations of fans who, who weren't there and know next to nothing about it and have now been there for nine seasons in a row watching... Their team win the title You know If you're of a certain age Why Would it even cross your mind That it, Of how it compares To the 60s and 70s So it's simply because You know Hugh's coming on And saying things about This, this is a phenomenal achievement This momentous And so on It's a real achievement I actually think Celtic's three trebles in a row Is, is more impressive Than this nine in a row Because uh, the treble Is really difficult to win So I mean Massive congratulations to them for doing that. But you know, I'm I'm just I'm just thinking about this, and, and some Rangers supporters are getting very bothered by this. Me, I I don't really care that much. I mean, I'd rather see Rangers win the league, and I don't care how many Celtic have racked up at the moment. You know, it's just not the same to me. Mm. But um, do you mind if I move on, Gordon? Because you know, this this is just a an opinion for me. That the, the big issue is we have called the season, and there is no prospect that I can see of Scottish football coming back. And I think the the big question was. We haven't got the money Germany can do it Because they've got money But we've got no money So what I'd like to do Is put forward You know Three ways of getting the money 
And the first one is, let's go to the government and say, can you help us? Scottish football is sinking. They're politicians. They want to be re-elected. They want to be popular. So I think they, they, would, they, would, they would listen to this. Uh, the second thing is, let's go to the TV companies and say, we want to raise money by having a pay-per-view thing or, or some kind of mechanism for, for showing the games. The TV companies are doing fine. They will get advertising revenue from this by big bumping that. I'm sure they'd be reasonable. They would listen to that. And the third thing is, we get we lots of uh, wealthy people who really uh, want Scottish football to survive and flourish, you know, in Scotland, in England, even in North America. Why not go to them and say, could you lend us some money and we'll pay you back over a number of years yeah. because we want to see Scottish football survive? Well, I must admit, I've no idea about the last one, Alex, because I couldn't speak on behalf of other people. But the, the first two that Tom mentions might well be in the pipeline already. If you've been listening to Neil Doncaster, he's been on this show twice, he's appeared in newspapers and, and various other outlets. He's making no secret of the fact that Scottish football might have to ask for government intervention. Whether we get it or not is is a different matter. And if you remember that announcement from the joint response group towards the tail end of last week, the idea of um, virtual season tickets and pay-per-view models and stuff are, are certainly being looked at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. You have to think outside the box, Gordon. And uh, I think uh, Sky have a big part to play in that I think going forward if they are trying to get uh, games played in August they may well have to look at some sort of testing whether the clubs can afford that I'm not too sure due to the landscape because of the lack of fans if uh, Sky said there was a, there were some other things muted about possibly letting TV cameras in before the game half time and afterwards so that would maybe free up some uh, access that they may well be able to kind of filter through I think I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves as well because because the league's been called at the top flight today, Gordon, we have to step take a step back because there could be ramifications from sponsors, broadcasters, about uh, recouping money because it, it's been called so soon. It's estimated to be between nine and £10 million. So we have to sit back and wait whether they're going to come and get that money because that would effect, effectively come off of the £7 million prize money, hmm. potentially. Okay, Tom in Washington, thank you very much for getting in touch tonight. Good to hear from you. It's time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. Just a couple of minutes light relief from all the arguing. I think that sounds good. 01419511025. Then we'll get right back to it. By the way, don't you worry. If you want to play Beat the Pundit tonight, call us on that number and do it before seven o'clock. The headlines 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's been quite a momentous day in Scottish football without a ball even being kicked. The Premiership brought to a close. Celtic are champions for the ninth season in a row, and Hearts look set to be relegated from the top flight. They could seek legal action, though. If reconstruction doesn't save them So we'll take a look at some of the other ramifications After we finish this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the Pundit time Alex Ray is going to be playing tonight Up against Chris from East Kilbride Hi Chris How are you doing Gordon? Not too bad at all How are you? Are you willing to admit live on radio To your fellow Celtic fans That winning the signed ball Today would would eclipse nine in a row. Well, of course it would. Uh, of course it would. Get there, that's a man that's got his priorities in the right order. Let's <laughs> give Alex Ray something else to listen to. You want some Clyde too? There we go. I've given him something else to listen to, Chris, so that he can't cheat, can't hear your answers. 
We'll put 30 seconds on the clock The only thing you need to know Is that you can pass So if you don't know it Just pass quickly And move on to the next one Okay no right, right, Chris, let's get stuck in. Your time starts now. Who left Rangers for Spurs in 2008? Alan Hutton. How many Scottish Cups have St Mirren won? Eight, 12. Who did Borussia Dortmund beat on Saturday? Schalke. Who took over from Tommy Burns as Celtic manager? Oh, pass. What nationality is Aberdeen's Funzo Ojo? In what year did James McFadden score his famous goal against France? 2006 Who did Jack Ross manage before Hibs? Oh, Sunderland Okay, let's bring Alex back Alex, can you hear us? Brian Adams, best day of my life Alright, okay (laughs) Same set of questions to you Are you ready? (laughs) Moving on Same set of questions to you Who left Rangers for Spurs in 2008? Uh, Pass How many Scottish Cups have St Mirren won? Two. Who did Borussia Dortmund defeat on Saturday? Pass. Who took over from Tommy Burns as Celtic manager? Uh, Vim Janssen. What nationality is Aberdeen's Funzo Ojo? Uh, Dutch. In what year did James McFadden score his famous goal against France? 2010. Who did Jack Ross manage before Hibs? Aloha. <laughs> oh. oh. Wow. That's still Sunderland. wrong, by the way. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Too much carry on my head there, Chris. I don't know, it's tight, I think. Well, can it be tight? <laughs> well, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's tight, you, you were both just wearing uh, First one, uh, you panicked. Who left Rangers for Spurs in 2008? £9 million. Pounds. Hutton. Alan Hutton. Jesus. Chris knew it, he kept his composure. How many Scottish Cups have St Mirren won? No offence to the St Mirren fans, but I did have a, a chuckle when Chris said 12. Uh, it's, it's three. Um, there we go. So you were both, Alex was one out on that one. You told me you watched the German football at the weekend. I watched yesterday, but ah, I was, I was jet washing at the weekend. <laughs> Who did Borussia Dortmund defeat on Saturday? Chris, you obviously stayed in and watched it. No, I missed it actually. I just knew. Ah, just playing. knew. Well done, Schalke. 2 0 to Chris. Who took over from Tommy Burns as Celtic manager? Beat the pundit works in mysterious ways. Chris is a Celtic fan, but Alex got Vim Janssen and Chris did not, so he pulls one back. What nationality is Aberdeen's Funzo Ojo? As far as the map goes, you're pretty close, Alex, but Belgium. it's Belgium. Uh, what year did James McFadden score his famous goal against France? 2007 None of you got it So it's still 2-1 uh, To Chris Who did Jack Ross manage before Hibs? Sunderland I thought Alex used to play for Sunderland He'll get he'll get that And you didn't uh, And Chris did So it's 3 to Chris A 1 for Alex Ray And that means Chris The signed yeah, ball well done, is Chris. on its way Well done Oh, thanks for coming, Alex. Two defeats in one day. Can you beat it? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I told you, best day of my life. Brian Adams. Oh, as far as sign offs go, that's not bad, to be fair. I fair play him. See if this was five asides, Chris. He would be sharpening his studs and uh, coming after you in five minutes. But he can't. You're, you're safe. You're, you're, you're safe in the comfort of your own home. Hugh, I'm just wondering about standards, Hugh, because Alex is always telling us about levels. And I just wonder where we're at maybe Is it, is it the, the end of season kicking in Because that's Friday and Monday Two nights, two pundits And one correct answer between them After Daryl Broadfoot got a zero on Friday That's like a zero Well I mean the, Yeah uh, I mean the Alec he, d- he didn't even know that Dumbarton played at Boghead That's how bad it was <laughs> Well to be fair you're in no position right now To, to jump <laughs> on that bandwagon So <laughs> let's let's just leave it there. Uh, well done to uh, Chris and Eastco Bride. Let's get that signed ball sent over to him. 
1025 um, For every winner in all of this There's certainly a loser And none more so than Hearts Hugh We've spoken to Neil Lennon We congratulated Celtic on winning the title But at the bottom This is clearly the bit that doesn't Really doesn't sit right with people And Hearts have said today that Pursuing legal action could actually be Less costly than an unjust relegation um, So their demotion from the Premiership was confirmed today In a statement they said that No club should be unfairly penalised Amid the pandemic They're continuing to take legal action Which would be both time consuming And expensive However The cost of the club The cost to the club of relegation Would outweigh these considerations However they do Leave the door ajar To reconstruction They say a number of positive talks Have taken place They mentioned pragmatic solutions um, That would avoid the need To go down the legal route well, as I say, the pursuit of justice is Anne Budge's prerogative, and I'm quite sure that she'd be well backed by the Foundation of Hearts, uh, who will want her to go down that road. I am not a legal person, but as I understand it, if you take out an interim interdict, uh, it would perhaps involve freezing the money which the SPFL currently hold and which is due to be paid out to all of the other clubs. So that would not make Anne Budge popular in other boardrooms, but that's not her concern. Her concern is Hearts. My uh, feeling on the matter is that Hearts have a massive overspend to deal with regarding their brand new stand, and that they are not in the most robust financial position. Does she want to go down through the legal route? If she does, that's entirely her prerogative. Uh, let's be clear. We don't know specifically, you know, what the what the legalities would look like, Alex. But um, Hearts are when you, when you see it explained like that, it, it does make sense. I, again, let's stay away from the legal side of it. We're clearly not experts in that. Um, but this idea that they should be, you know, scared off from legal action because it would be expensive. Well, Hearts are saying fine, but relegation could be even more expensive. Yeah, uh, I listened to I think it was a former chairman Leslie Deans a couple of weeks ago talk about this particular subject. He felt as if they had a very Good chance of going down the legal route. He was intimating that it would cost between two hundred and fifty thousand and a half a million, Gordon. And he felt as if the the foundation of Hearts, the supporters, because of the mood, there would be an appetite for them to raise that capital and go after the league because of the decision that they have come to. I'll tell you who's not happy: former Hearts captain Stephen Presley. I've been ashamed by the way this whole unforeseen circumstances have been handled by the SPFL. You know, they have shown from the start a complete lack of leadership. They've shown a complete lack of direction and they've shown especially a complete lack of compassion to their clubs. That compassion has also not been shown from club to club also. And it really disappoints me because at this moment in time, like I've said throughout these unforeseen circumstances, the most important thing is the collective objective of Scottish football and how all the clubs can work together to help each other through this most difficult period. And we have failed to grasp that and we've failed to show that. And it really does sum up for me Scottish football over the last 20, 25 years. And it's maybe a clear signal as to why we haven't progressed in the manner that many believe we should have. Hugh Keevans? 
Well, you can tell from Stephen's voice there that he clearly feels passionately about this subject. I wrote down one phrase that he used there, talking about the collective objective. There is no such thing in Scottish football. We have a, a, a case in point here where survival is all that matters. The ship is sinking. There's been a tremendous race to the lifeboats. It's every man for himself. Women and children don't come first. Just get in the lifeboat and save yourself. And I think that's the mentality in Scottish football. There is no collective objective. On the question of lack of leadership and direction, uh, the 12 clubs, including Hearts, voted today to end the season. Uh, It is now Anne Budge's prerogative. If she wants to go to law, then she must do so if she feels that she has a case and that she wants to perhaps freeze the money going out to all other clubs. Alex Weedoball has tweeted in, uh, that wasn't me insulting you, Weedoball tweeted in to say, Gordon, I'm not a fan of Hearts, but undoubtedly them being relegated is hard on them, not least Partick Thistle. Would the panel be able to explain why getting reconstruction over the line is so difficult? To me, it seems win-win for all. And I think we do sympathise with Hearts. I feel like we have to underline that many times. The clubs voted to end the season, and then the only mechanism to sort of save Hearts once that happens is reconstruction and that then is more about the other clubs than it, than it is about the you know the SPFL board or anything like that yeah I think there's there's a few factors why it probably won't happen Gordon was the temporary solution that was being uh, posed was a two year where they would uh, review it over the course of that and then they may well go back to the original uh, 12 uh, teams uh, there was a kind of permanent option and then you have the self-interest that Stephen talks about, clubs who are interested in finance. They would effectively have to carve up the big pie uh, that Sky are offering to another two members. Uh, and then they would be voting also for potentially three teams to be relegated as well, Gordon. So there's a lot of factors why this hasn't got off the ground. For me, it was always a dead duck anyway. I didn't think it was going to ever, ever got off the ground. I think in the dossier by Rangers says it was substantial problems uh, surrounding reconstruction But it was sold to clubs As part of If we vote yes to end the season uh, The lower we'll divisions Then we will look at it For me it was never an option And the problem you have is now That <laughs> I find this in, And Stephen says it's embarrassing We had uh, last weekend Where uh, six of the top league teams uh, Effectively said We're not entertaining this Now back this weekend They're now saying it's now back on the table The whole thing has been a mess It's been a shambles And I would imagine that time is of the essence for Hearts, whether they try, as you says, get an interdict, whether they think that they're going to uh, put a freeze on the money uh, or go down the legal route, because whilst reconstruction's on the table, how does she mm. put that in place? So I think they may well have threw that in there just to try and throw it off. I think there's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Dundee supposedly have changed their vote on the, the pretense that reconst- reconstruction was an option. I've got to be honest with you I think they've just been Playing these guys All along Oh Tam I should say We'll swap out They won't put any in Tam is in Clydebank How's it going Tam? How we doing folks Alright Not too bad Are you well? Aye no bad Aye uh, I'm just going to talk about I congratulate Celtic For winning the league Nine in a row That's two nines To Rangers one First and foremost And uh, As regarding Fellow Rangers supporters Pals of mine etc You know They're hurting a wee bit and listening to the phone in, people are phoning in, whinging about it's no fair and this, that and the other, and it's 
the title's tainted and all the rest of it. And let's not forget here, Rangers were in free fall. They were nose diving. They'd fell out of playing when they parachute. They were they were getting worse, if anything. Selic were picking up momentum. They were playing well. They were winning games. They were scoring freely. They were on the up. Rangers were on the down. If I was a Rangers supporter, I think I'd be thinking to myself, see a wee bit of gratitude at the fact that the league stopped to now uh, with eight games to go, 13 points of difference. It could have finished, and it probably would have, I think. And I think even in the most honest Rangers supporter would agree with us, it, it could have went to 20 to 25 points clear if they'd have played all the games. Yeah, to be, to, to be fair though, Tamar, I think I think most of the the disagreement, most of the argument, comes from the fact that that we'll never know. We'll never know, but I'll tell you who. I'll, I'll tell you this much: Stephen Gerrard will be taking a sharp intake of breath on the grounds of avoiding extreme humiliation by the end of the season, and the Rangers fans maybe even turning on him and shouting for his head, and maybe even resigning, resigning, and he's and there's still time. He might resign He still might resign In the summer here well, It doesn't sound like that That's going to happen Alex But yeah Tom's right I guess we We don't know It depends What angle you're coming At this from I've not Even although We've had many complaints From, from Rangers fans In the last Few weeks I'm not sure Many of them are on Trying to pretend That the form was good You know And, and Tom is right If you think What was the was it Was Hamilton at Ibrox Was that the last Domestic game uh, Or one of them Certainly You know And we had very angry Rangers fans on, but it's obviously the case that we'll never know how it was going to end. What's your your take on on Rangers form going into this? I don't think you can uh, say it was in great form. I think Celtics were by far better. Um, and um, going back to Tam's point about a uh, resigning, uh, I think Stephen Gerrard's on record recently is saying he's he's very much up for the fight. Uh, obviously, that lies with the board and de- depending on where they go. But I didn't get any um, kind of suspicion that he was actually going to throw the towel in. So, uh, again, it's just a, a, a an opinion by Tam, but I didn't quite see it that way. Uh, Hugh, Tam's general point is that this is papered over the cracks, if you like, of, of a poor season for Rangers. Would you agree with that or disagree? Um they haven't done well. Stephen Gerrard has yet to win a major trophy. Um, and I think there was a chance, and I'll say no more than that, a chance that Celtic could have increased the 13-point lead. But as you rightly said, Gordon, we'll never know because we all had to stop. I think we should take stock now, understand that it's over, Celtic have nine in a row, and prepare ourselves, heaven help us, for the pressure being cranked up even further next season because Neil Lennon spoke there about his understanding of his place in Celtic's history and he wants to be the man to deliver 10 in a row. Stephen Gerrard, who will not resign, wants to be the man who stops 10 in a row. Look what it did for Vim Janssen when he stopped 10 in a row. He became a saint overnight for the Celtic supporters. We have an immense season coming up whenever it starts and it may have to start behind closed doors. It will be a season unlike any other. And I'm trying to focus on that because what is done is done with regard to the title win this season. Where where are Rangers at at the moment, Alex? Um, again, Tam's talking about things that we'll never really know because Absolutely. someone can say the gap might have increased, the gap might not have increased. So, you know, how, how do we know? But 
the Rangers now that there is a there, there is a line drawn, whether people like it or not, the season is over, and I guess Stephen Gerrard simply has to focus on. The job in hand Yeah uh, I think so uh, I asked the question Of Neil Lennon In terms of preparation Gordon I think uh, Rangers need to add Some players in the summer Again we don't know The the landscape Because of this Coronavirus But he has to get More players in Better quality And um, Try and compete Against Celtic Because uh, You listen to Neil Lennon There he says We've got two or three positions That we feel as if We need to recruit in So they're relatively comfortable Where they have to be at Mindset wise You know Nine Domestic titles in a trot suggest that they're not going to go away with a fight. So I think Rangers really need to up their game. They have to assess the second part of the season because some of the results were not good enough. And I don't think you can actually uh, paper over the cracks when you look at it. You know, when you look at some of the results, uh, losing to Hamilton at, at Ibrox, losing to Hearts a couple of times uh, with the greatest respect to them. You know, I think they only won four games this season, Hearts, uh, and managed to beat uh, Rangers. So. These are games that they're going to have to negotiate a lot better than they did in that second part of the season. The Royal Blue Line has tweeted as Hugh. He says, this year Celtic have been handed, he puts that in, in block capitals just for emphasis, handed two trophies. One League Cup by the ref and now this. And you all know it. May as well just give them the Scottish Cup now. No point in competition within a corrupt Scotland, says the Royal Blue Line. Well, there's absolutely no obligation to pay any attention to social media. So... I will not pay any attention to social media. I thought you were one of the Twitterati now. I thought I'd, just, I thought I'd give you the, the right of reply because you, you're copied in yeah. on the tweet, but I know you, do, you can't do it on the Nokia. Just thought I'd... Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm a class act among the Twitterati. <laughs> Self praises, no praise. Hugh Keevans is in his man cave. Alex Ray is in the studio, and we'll give you a full time teaser and speak to Derek, who's a Rangers fan, next. The full-time teaser with scottishsun.co.uk. Get all the latest football news and opinion. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Derek's a Rangers fan and Airdrie. He's coming up in just a second. Let me quickly give you a question though on the full-time teaser tonight. George and Nielsen. Sent this one in We're going for nine Scots That have more than 30 English Premier League goals It's quite a simple question But are the answers simple? Nine Scots With more than 30 English Premier League goals Can you name them? Hugh Evans? Fletcher um, Which one? Stephen Stephen Fletcher Yes he's got 53 Hugh When did the Premier League begin? 92-93 Um. Uh. Nothing. Can I, I? I've got one. Go for it. Brian McClare. No. Oof. Any more guesses from you, Alex? Uh, Naismith. No. You got any here? Uh, I'm giving it some thought Right okay We'll leave it there uh, Derek and Airdrie The Rangers fan Just disappeared Off the line oh, So we'll try and get him back Duncan Ferguson Yes he's top of the tree 68 English Big Premier League Fergie. goals Yeah not a bad question that George from Nielsen Keep them coming in uh, Full time At Clyde1.com Brad Has sent us a tweet And it's along a similar theme I've had a few like this So I'll try and uh, Mention a couple of others Where were the other ones Who sent them in uh, forgive me for taking so long to 
can find it right. Well there'll be another tweet But Brad is, is on a similar point Brad says Wants to ask you guys What you think about the Scottish Cup He says the Scottish FA Are hell bent on finishing This year's Scottish Cup How's that going to be fair to Hearts Who'll now be significantly weakened Due to being removed From the Premiership And the lack of finance That that brings Well, I mean, the Hearts, uh, we'll have to see what kind of shape the squad is in when the the season resumes. Uh, But that will be the same for everyone. You know, football has been off the agenda now for three months. It'll take another two or three months to get it right again. So I think all clubs will start back with a a certain amount of disadvantage. His batteries are starting to run out again Alex, um, it's definitely a problem You can see where, where Brad's coming from We don't know when that'll get finished Couple of things to clear up though um, Not really linked Because the SPFL have decided to curtail the leagues So the Scottish FA didn't didn't yeah. do that Weren't part of that decision The Scottish Cup is a, is a Scottish FA competition So they're not really linked in the way that, that Some people uh, have made out on social media Like I say, it's a problem Yeah but like we've experienced all along What's the solution then? Does that mean you just can the Scottish Cup And you rob the four remaining teams of the finances From getting to the semi-finals yeah. and finals And you rob the Scottish FA of the money At a time like this It's not ideal to continue with different squads What do we do instead? Gordon, there's actually two factors to this And you make some very valid points here The four teams who are still currently in it Will most certainly say play it Because financially they will be uh, reimbursed uh, so I can see that The Scottish FA Most certainly need the money Because they are not flush either And uh, so I can see it From a financial um, element There will be teams who uh, Well let's put it this way Celtic come on tonight Neil Lennon come on tonight And says they're going to add Two or three To a team that's absolutely Smashing out the park So for me I don't think they will be Weakened in any shape or form Unless they sell some of their, their Heavy hitters And he said they are not At that kind of uh, stage, you know, they're very much comfortable with all the long term contracts. Then you look at Hearts. Hearts are going to be uh, probably, is it £3 million cost to them? So, most certainly, they will be the team that's impacted the most in terms of cutting their cloth. So, the integrity will be the thing that matters because, and you've said, what will it be? The only thing will be that the integrity of the competition will be scrutinised, but will they bother or will they try and kind of play it to a finish? If you look at the league, nil and void was off the table because of the financial ramifications. So for me, they will play it most certainly because of the money element. Integrity has got nothing to do with it. It's purely financial that will carry that through. Because that's that's the thing, Hugh, all along for weeks and weeks and weeks. The problems have been staring us in the face, but the solutions aren't quite as simple. And again, the Scottish Cup, we would all accept that that would be a problem to Hearts in a sporting integrity respect. But at a time when Hearts might need the money I'm sure they would rather They would rather play in a Scottish Cup semi-final And maybe get themselves to a final As opposed to scrapping it all together and you get nothing Oh he's miles away You can answer the point Yeah no listen I, t- I take your point wholeheartedly Gordon Because if, uh, if the clubs uh, have got a chance to make money Get to a cup final Gives them more prestige uh, They get TV rights as well uh, Attached to that so I can understand that there will also be a, a European spot potentially attached to that. That's something that hasn't been clarified as yet, Gordon. So I can see the merits in both. In terms of the integrity of the competition, it goes out the window. 
Uh, Derek was a Rangers fan He just disappeared off the line We replaced him with Stuart Who was a Rangers fan in Bishop Briggs He disappeared off the line So if you guys are out there Feel free to give us a call back Another Stuart though In Shawlands this time Is on the line Hi Stuart Hello Stuart Stuart can you hear us? I have got no idea what is going on That is two, two callers in a row just disappeared And now Stuart can't hear us So I don't really dinner time, know. It's dinner time And Hugh Keevan's batteries I think have run out oh, Is so, that right? Well he doesn't, doesn't sound himself does he? Hugh are you still with us? No He's <laughs> done exactly everybody bothered <laughs> What's happening? Oh, live radio uh, The well, joys you know, you know, It's the, a good the, job the, I'm not easily flustered yeah, the, the producer came in During the break there Gordon showed his us fault. You know the, the online traffic Is going through the roof tonight For the show So Maybe it's encouraging the phone yeah, lines. Absolutely um, Not encouraging though For the amount of people Who heard your Beat the Pundit performance so listen, that, You've got you yeah, some There's always some. a downside Right Stuart and Shawlands Let's try again Stuart Hi how you doing panel Good to hear from you Stuart What's your point um, just a wee couple of things I just want to put to you. Um, I mean, for example, this season Celtic just now have got eighty points, which no other team has amassed over the full season of nine in a row. I mean, like, even last season Rangers got what seventy-eight points over thirty-eight games. So eighty points just now over thirty games would be enough to win the league in the last nine seasons. I think, I think some, sometimes you need to just have a wee bit of respect for what Celtic have done here. <laughs> it depends, Alex, because I, I must admit, I'll be honest here, this is just a personal thing. Comparing points totals from different seasons in any circumstance, to me, is pretty pointless. And, you, and to, to underline that point, we used to get this from Rangers fans all the time who would say, our points total this season is going to be better than last season, so that shows progress. But actually, in a league format... You can't really compare because you don't know about the strength of the opposition and ultimately you're just trying to overcome everybody else. So yeah. so I'm I'm consistent on this. I don't care if it's to underline a Celtic point as Stuart's trying to make or underline a Rangers point as we've heard many times in yeah. the past. Comparing points totals from, from different seasons is, is difficult. Oh, listen, I, I am of the perspective because I've been in a position where you're actually trying to beat the previous points from the year before regardless of what the opposition do, Gordon. So... You set your stall out and you think, okay, if we surpass 80 points, there's a good chance that we might actually kind of pick up the title. So I take uh, Stuart's point on on board. I think think it's important to step back here and recognise how strong Celtic are, Gordon, because financially they have the resources, they have the players in place, they have all the contracts. They get the best pick of the youths because they continuously develop their own talent uh, as well, usually the better ones. So they're in a very strong position. So Stuart's right. Uh, the the rest have to up their game to try and compete in some way uh, going forward because Celtic's model will continue to be as is. And uh, unless Rangers up their game with the mentality side of things, not losing to teams in the bottom two or three of the league, then you know they'll probably go on and win it again next year. You? Yeah. Um, can you hear me now, Gordon? Got you. Good. Maybe you could repeat the question for me then, quickly <laughs> Stuart was just talking on the line About how Celtic have got 80 points already And that would have been enough to win Various other leagues in, in years gone by So, you know, yeah. credit where it's due sort well, of thing uh, You know, I understand the Rangers supporters' frustration But the Celtic supporters don't need to look for vindication Stuart is looking for vindication here uh, Celtic had the best players for me They had the strongest mentality they showed that mentality 
when the winter break was over and they came back in resounding fashion. So I don't think the Celtic fans need to look for vindication. They are, as the chief executive Peter Lawwell said, the champions for a reason. Uh, sure, how do you look back on this season? It's pretty yeah. difficult at the moment, isn't it? No, just just another point I was actually wanting to make was sure. that um, we've actually played, the, the, out of the top six, we've played three of the five away from home. At, like so far, Rangers haven't played any of the top six away from home. So actually, of the 30 games, we've actually had, actually, you could say we've had a, a harder, a harder, like, to get to this stage. So I, I think some of the anger lawyers have to kind of give yourself a wee bit more respect than, than some do. I don't, I don't know who's not giving exactly. Celtic respect. I just, pra- I, Stuart, I just praise Celtic about their uh, organisation, you know, their strengths, their development, their use, but you're not listening because you're trying to put a point across. Uh, let's speak to Barry, who's also on the line. Barry's in Paisley. Thanks, though, uh, to Stuart and Shawlands. Um Barry, from a Rangers perspective, how are you feeling this evening? Um, I'm feeling a tad hard done by. Um, you know, I think one of your previous calls that hit it in the head there, where I think a greater achievement was Celtic doing the treble treble rather than than this nine in a row. Um, look, I think the league should be null and void. It should be reset and it should be restarted. Um, any other race in any sporting arena, if it doesn't get to the end, it goes back to the start. Why, why, Barry? Are you? More interested in comparing this to races Than to other football leagues Currently navigating their way through this Pandemic because No other league is is null and voiding Their season Well rather than comparing it to anything I suppose why not just use a bit of Common savvy um, You know it never finished It did not get to the end Regardless of what team was performing Better when it stopped um, I, I don't really think that's relevant it, it, it's It's a league if you cannot get to the end of that league and finish the league, if you cannot finish the competition, then it needs to start again. And and that is it in a nutshell. And the Celtic fans... But Barry, the only thing I'm trying to get to the bottom of is, how do you know? Because we've never been here before. See, if you'd called up six months ago and made that point, we would have all shrugged our shoulders and went, yeah, you're stating the obvious, that's absolutely right. But we said it earlier on, life is unfair just now. that The world is unfair. We've never been here before. So we had to just... Come up with something You're acting as if There's an automatic process That should kick in here And we've somehow Not followed it Well look at Hearts as well um, You know If the league was reset And it was restarted Next year You know I think that would be By far The most fair outcome Even if the clubs Didn't get any money And they had to pay Everything back for this season And potentially went under where is the money stored at this moment in time that the Cubs would receive if the league had been finished? In the in, in the the, the organising body's bank account. Well, not all of it. Remember, this is just this is just the remainder. Um, Hugh, again, Barry won't won't be alone here. I'm just trying to find out a bit more about um, his theory. But there has to be a good reason, right? We're very hard on ourselves in this part of the world. You know, we always hear phrases like typical Scottish football, or typical SPFL, typical uh, SFA. There must be a good reason that no major league in Europe is null and voiding their season. Not a single one. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, uh, the reason is uh, uh, explained in a five-letter word, money. Um, and, you know, Barry talks about reset. Uh, well, after we reset, who who is the broadcaster then? Because we've got a £160 million deal with Sky that kicks in on the 1st of August. If we reset... 
does that mean we revert to BT? Uh, you know, th there are so many complications here. We have to accept that Rangers and Hearts agreed today that this season could not finish because of COVID-19. And a decision was taken. Now, we can't reset. The ship has sailed. Yeah, I mean, Alex, f f I don't know for sure, but just to speculate, maybe after five games... That, that could have been an option Maybe after 10 games even Clearly the longer you go on yeah. The more difficult it is yeah. And I'll, I'll repeat the point I made to But we've never been here before So I'm not sure why we're acting like there's an, there's an obvious solution when there isn't And I'm not saying that other leagues Are definitely right But it at least gives you some sort of Perspective Some sort of comfort You know if you look around the place yeah. And find that you're doing roughly What other people are doing And by the way they're facing legal challenges as well yeah. Don't kid yourself it's just where we're at It's where the world is at at the moment Gordon, it's, uh, Hugh's absolutely right In terms of where this all stems from Is purely money Because the ramifications for Mill and Void Would have uh, more or less put the leagues bankrupt And that was not an option And uh, I think as I said earlier on in the show I think this option that we've taken today uh, Potentially could be 9 to £10 million pounds, uh, Going back to the broadcasters it May well be Navigated that Sky could potentially be uh, the league sponsor going forward, which would have that liability. So, I think it's purely down to finances that have actually come to this decision across the board. Yeah, and don't forget, Barry. It's maybe worth remembering that that UEFA want leagues to to nominate essentially the clubs that are going to feature in European competition next year. They want to do it on a, a sporting merit. So, if you can't finish the league, you sort of call it as is. So, so Rangers are. You said you feel hard done by But but Rangers have been given Second place If you like In the same way that Celtic Have been given first You know So much focus on Celtic's title being tainted Is Rangers second place finished uh, Second place finished tainted Is St Johnston's Sixth place finished tainted Is Hamilton's Survival tainted These are all abnormal things Barry But I'm not sure We've got much other choice But to take them in the chin I just I don't I still don't understand why the the league could not be restarted at the exact same position that it was. Money is obviously a deciding factor, but and you're saying teams would go bankrupt or the league would go bankrupt. I don't understand really how it would. Well, hold on then. Hold on. Let me just make sure we're on the same page. Are you? I know. I'm not. I'm going to. I just mean because you said null and void, but then you said restart from from the same point. I just want to know what 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 one you mean. Well, no, well, what, what I would like to see happen is the league basically restarted from the very beginning in the exact scenario that it was at the start of this season. Oh, at the start, OK. N next season. You know, so any teams that would be going into European competition, they would be the teams that finished the league in those positions last season that would be going into those spots next season. Yeah. You know, so if you if I need us to appoint teams, it would be the teams that finished in those positions last season. Okay. So, so effectively, this, this, so mother, Is, mother won't, the mother won't, wouldn't count this year. Yeah, mother wouldn't, wouldn't be in Europe because they. So they would effectively go back to yeah. the last season's thing, and then they so, miss out. And yeah. then, of course, if you're not having promotion, it feels like you just shift the unfairness from from one set to another. You then, yeah. what, do you rob Dundee United of the chance of promotion when they've chucked everything at it? Yeah. And, Listen, the whole situation's an absolute. And by the way, that's, way if we, that's if we forget about the finances, which you can't. No, well, you can't because the actual reality is, is you would have been sued if it was nil and void. Then you'd have been sued. Lots to debate, Barry. Thank you though for getting in touch. Always appreciate you uh, picking up the phone. What about this teaser? Just quickly, oh. we're looking for nine Scots who've got more than thirty English Premier League goals. Duncan Ferguson and Stephen Fletcher. We've got uh, John McGinley. No, Hugh. 
Mcaveney? No. Striking? No. Joe Jordan? No. English no, Premier no. League later. Oh. <sighs> this is going well. Telfer. I'll give you some think. You're definitely going to need some thinking time with shouts like that. The Full Time Teaser With ScottishSun.co.uk Get all the latest football news and opinion Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Tonight's question is this Nine Scots have scored more than 30 English Premier League goals Name them you're doing terribly You've got Duncan Ferguson And Stephen Fletcher Kevin Gallagher Well done, well done. Um, Gary McAllister Yes Gary McAllister's there as well um, Charlie Adam Yes he's got 33 oh, I didn't think Charlie had that 1, 2, 3, 4 to get Struggling now uh, Lee McCullough No Sean Maloney Nope <laughs> you get excited there You thought that was a land Yeah 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 <laughs> um, Couple of guys Two of them in particular Had decent Sort of lengthy Scotland careers One did a good turn Under the likes of Craig Brown Into John yeah, Collins yeah, No But the sort of Towards the end of the Craig Brown era I would imagine that was Craig Brown Yeah The sort of Remember the playoff Against England At Wembley and so on 2000 Hutchison Yes Oh, big Don Don Hutchison Former teammate Alright Three to get uh, Stevie's on Stephen McEwen on, on the sort of point That was raised before the break He says the league Should have been called On current positions No champions No relegation Only prize money And Europe places given Everyone treated the same Split the TV reimbursement Based on the percentage Of prize money uh, That's fair on all That's that's the Dutch model If you like Hugh um, The French model And the, the Belgian model Have decided that that's that's not the, the, the fair way to go So it's it's a difficult one This will be argued over Gordon For decades to come Not just years, decades to come uh, But Celtic fans will dispute titles That Rangers won for decades to come uh, So it, it's a peculiarity Of the part of the world that we live in It's done, dusted And it's not coming back Yeah I mean Alex You can, you can compare yourself To other leagues to a certain point Because ultimately You have to make the decision That's best yeah. for you um, the, the league in the Netherlands Did that They had no champions They had no relegation um, But they were level on points and, and you can sort of see what you know What else could they do If they, sure. ca- if they can't finish it They go level on points And similarly I have got the quote From the, the team that was robbed Of promotion To the, the Eredivisie Saying it was the greatest Sporting scandal ever Or something like that Was the quote So this idea that it's fair on all It just doesn't wash Like I say I'm, I'm not saying what we've done is right And what they've done is wrong But you can either Negatively impact These clubs Or you shift the unfairness Onto another set of clubs And yeah. most people are looking at it Through the prism Of whatever team they support Self-interest Gordon Whatever way you look through it I think if uh, It hadn't been 13 points You know I take on board That Rangers could maybe have Won their game in hand It was down to 10 But if it had been but let's put it this way If it had been neck and neck There wouldn't have been any winners In Scotland We couldn't have That's what I'm saying So you know There will obviously be some sort of goal difference it may well have Had a team in top And at that point Whoever was in top Would have screamed for the rooftop Saying that they had been unjust Because they were currently top In goal difference So whatever way you look at it You know there's always someone uh, Going to be moaning Mark is in Mary Hill Hi Mark Hello how are you doing? Not bad how are you? You well? I'm good thanks Good what's your point tonight? 
Well, my point is that um, in 2005, when the, the famous helicopter Sunday, Rangers lost the Ibrox to Celtic. Bellamy scored a couple of goals, I think. And it was at the end of April, and Celtic went five points clear. And everybody was shouting in that that was a league done and dusted. There was only a few games to go. Celtic were five points clear. So, you know, it's been done before. It could have been done again. I know Rangers' form has been terrible. And it was a 13-point gap. They did have a game in hand, and there was 12 for them games to go. So, I just think it's just, it's, it's unclear. I know somebody, somebody's, it's got to be finished somewhere. But I just feel as if it's just a bit unclear and it's a bit unjust. Have you maybe answered your own question there though Mark Because I, d- I don't think anyone is saying Rangers could not possibly catch Celtic I mean we all, we all think that, that Celtic were favourites Obviously because they hit the 13 point gap But is this is this not just a just a consequence of of where we're at? I don't think so I don't really think so It's like a guy who was on before said If you start a race you're going to finish a race I mean yeah, but these analogies These are lovely sound bites Mark But do, do these Oh he's just disappeared I don't think it was deliberate I think he's just dropped off uh, Like I say Hugh These are These are lovely sound bites About races and, and all the rest of it But This is a global pandemic And we're looking at other leagues Trying to find a solution to this You can't just sit back and say A race is only A race when it's finished Or whatever There was A realisation Rangers included that this season could not end. It could not be played out to a conclusion on the park because of the pandemic. We then have in the background this date of August the 1st and a contract with Sky worth £160 million over a five-year period. We have to work towards that, whether we play football behind closed doors or however we go about our business. We could not wait indefinitely so that we could then play out eight matches, nine in Rangers' case, it was going to take us way in to the rest of the year and way beyond the 1st of August, that's for sure. So Scottish football has done today what it had to do to safeguard this £160 million contract because that contract will keep many clubs alive for five years. I mean, Mark, to, to underline how difficult this is, Susan has tweeted to say... Other types of sport don't restart if past 50% motorsports call a result if the red flag passed the halfway point of the race. None of this matters, Mark. Surely it's a, bit, it's a bigger picture. It is a bigger picture. I totally understand that. But I just still think that... I still think the league should have been null and void. I, I just don't think it's right that, you know, you get to a certain stage of the season and it's, um, it's no mathematically impossible Rangers could win a league. I don't think they would have won a league, by the way. I think Celtic would want to win the league. But my example is 2005 when Celtic went five points clear with a couple of games to go in May and still lost the title. Oh yeah, listen, we've had, we've had some brilliant comebacks, Alex, and, and that's that's what's sad about this. We've been robbed of any sort of, all of us collectively, from a neutral perspective, we've been robbed of any sort of real climax to the season. But, you know, Mark's another one on saying he would have preferred null and void it just was never on the table No I think the only thing that was possible on the table May well have been the Dutch model uh, As it stands Gordon You know I think Ajax have got the Champions League spot But the only way that that kind of fell on that Was because of the points They were levelling I think it was AZ Altmar So that was the only way I think that was going to uh, ever play out In, in these shows uh, Most of the other leagues have been called now uh, And you know it's but I actually understand We're Rangers And if it was our side If it was Celtic It would be the exact 100%. same thing Without a doubt uh, Let's quickly squeeze in one more Johnny's in Southampton Hi Johnny 
Good evening, gents. Thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, uh, first of all, the first point I wanted to make is, um, you know, uh, I think uh, Alex was uh, very gracious at the top of the show, so thank you for that, Alex. I, I, I thought that was really good of you. Um, the, the second point I want to make is, um, I, th- I think one thing we've not spoken about enough is there is one club that has majorly, majorly, be, you know, missed out and been affected by this uh, by this outcome. And that, and that is it is Partick Thistle? <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I, you know, I do feel for Partick Thistle. I really, really do. And I feel for the relegated clubs, I really do. But um, I really feel Celtic have, have missed out here because, uh, you know, I, I think Celtic fans were very, very confident that we were going to go on and win the title. Um, and, and and what we want we wanted to go on and do that in style. We wanted to go and beat Rangers at Ibrox. We wanted to you know win it by a big margin, and we wanted to celebrate with the fans. But that has been taken away from the Celtic fans, as well as the semi final of the cup. And um, I also think one thing we're missing out on here is the relativism of the situation. That we are facing a global health pandemic. This is not some grand conspiracy to hand Celtic the title. Celtic didn't need the title handed to them. I think some realism needs to come into play here um, and it's something that has been encapsulated by the, by the show so far we've got this big contract with Sky and um, you know you know what what, what does Nolan and Boyd in the season mean? Does it mean we need to give fans back money for all the tickets they've bought to games that essentially mean nothing? Um, what, what does that mean and, and what does that encapsulate? Mm. I feel this is the, the Listen, I don't think there's any. I don't think any of this is fair in anyone. I completely agree with that. It's not fair in Celtic fans. It's not fair in Rangers fans. Hearts, Partick Thistle, Stranraer, um, Dundee United, who are flying in the Championship. I don't think it's fair in anyone. But we've had to come to the most sensible conclusion, and I feel this. I, feel, I do genuinely feel this is it. And and of course, I've got my. You know, people are going to say I've got my biased head on, but but. but, but Let's let's look at the circumstances. It's 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 unprecedented. It's never happened before. Hopefully, it will never happen again. And and I really hope Scottish football can move forward in a really positive direction from this. It's a really sensible, level-headed finish, Johnny. But it'll never catch on. Thank you to Johnny <laughs> in Southampton. We just have to leave it there, just purely for time. Give us a call back sometime, Johnny, and hopefully we can explore those uh, topics in a bit more detail. Quickly though, you've got three more in the teaser. Close. James McFadden Oh do you know what Hugh He just misses out oh, uh, he's, oh. he's not got more than 30 um, You got the first name right James Morrison The boy at West Brom Yes James Morrison right. <laughs> Oh I got him Yeah that's a wee tricky one Right you've got two to get um, One of them played for Motherwell He played for Pearson. Rangers He played for Chelsea so Rangers and Chelsea uh, No dodgy um, So Motherwell Latterly Towards the end of his career so Rangers Went out to Was it Portland Timbers maybe Out in the MLS I know this um, <sighs> Spencer Yes John, John Spencer. Spencer I didn't realise Spenny. Spenny Right quite another one A similar sort of mould To John Spencer Had a couple of spells At Man City this guy Oh Dickov Paul Dickov Oh there we go Easy as that, Hugh Keevens. Yeah, well done, Alec. <laughs> Hugh, you take care. Have a good week. You too. Good man. We'll speak to you on Friday. Alex Ray, thanks for joining us. Thank you for all your calls and tweets. Major apologies if you didn't get through. It was so, so, so busy, as I'm sure you can imagine. But the great thing is we're here all week. So you can give us a call back tomorrow from six o'clock with Roger Hanna and Gordon DL. It's good night from us for now, but Stephen Mill is up next.